we're going to begin a series counting down to the birth of Jesus. The series is called God Among Us. And John tells us that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we're going to be looking at when God dwelt among us and the encounters with Christ. And as we are looking to this, it's important that we recognize exactly what that means. Because Jesus himself said, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. He also said, I have, have I been so long with you when Philip asked him to show us the Father, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And and so as Jesus addresses Philip, he says, how can you say that, Philip? With this time that I've been you, you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And so we want to look at a number of encounters with the Christ and see how God has been displayed and made known through the person of Jesus. Because I think it's very telling and it's very revealing. And the first time we're going to see is in the garden. If you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, and if you need a Bible, raise your hand and and someone will get one to you. Mark chapter 14, we're going to start with verse 32. They, were, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This encounter of Jesus in the garden is a little troubling because here we see Jesus in distress. And the idea of God in distress is a little bit troubling. 
You see, we don't want God to be in distress. That, that's our job. And so what we do is we say, well, this is the human part of Jesus. And we divide him up. We have the human part of Jesus and then the God part of Jesus. And basically, the God part of Jesus is all those things that are spectacular to us, all those things that we can't do. You know, healing people, that's the God part of Jesus. Sleeping, that's the human part. Walking on water, that's the God part of Jesus. Eating, that's really the human part. Interesting, sleeping and eating, those are the parts I can identify with. And so we we divide that up, but to see this and see that everything he does is an example of God, it's hard to wrap our minds around this at this point because, again, we don't want God to be distressed or need encouragement. We want him to encourage us. And so that's troubling. And really what it is is we want God to be invulnerable to emotion or to feeling because that leaves us without responsibility to the relationship as if God had feelings. The scripture said, grieve not the spirit of God. And the idea of I could do something that hurts God, we don't like to think in that realm. And so our minds usually go to this place where where God is just like the force. That Star Wars kind of mentality has taken a hold of us. You see, the force is impersonal. I mean, even the dark side is kind of cool because they get better uniforms. I mean, face it, there was Darth Vader and Yoda. You know, okay, son, what do you want to be like for Halloween? You know, this cool dude or this Muppet, you know, or... And then there was Darth Maul, and then there was Obi-Wan, you know, this old hippie guy and this guy who looked like he was on fire. Anyway, the idea of a force is just it's impersonal. You, you can't hurt the force. It's just there. It, it has no attachment. And we want to put God in this it category. In fact, sometimes even referring to the spirit, a lot will say it instead of he taking away that personal touch that is there. And we don't recognize that God is more human than we know, or or actually it might better be said, we are more like God than we understand. You see, the reason we care and love is because God is love and cares. God didn't say, well, here, I'm going to give you love because I think it would be good for you to know what that feels like. No, that is a part of who God is, and we are created in his image. God didn't say, you know, I think I'll let you guys experience pain because, yeah, maybe that'll be good for you. Without realizing that whenever there is love, there is the opportunity for pain. And so the ability to feel pain is something that God himself feels. 
and we like to detach these things, but the reason we are this way is because God is this way. And, and so what we're seeing here in the garden isn't just the human side of Jesus. We're seeing the God part as well. And if God can be hurt, well, then we're responsible for this relationship. We're responsible for this part of the relationship. And it's interesting because as he sits down with them, he sat them all down and he said, sit here while I pray. And in verse 33, he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And so there's a couple of things that I want to ask because here we see God taking three people and going further, going deeper, if you will, into the place. And the question I want to ask is, would you be brought close to God? As they go into this place, the other nine are left behind. And I know we like God to just be fair. You know, everyone's equal. But sometimes God will call some people close. Or call some people to be a part of something and others not, and vice versa. God might call you to be a part of something in someone's life or a part of some ministry and not me and vice versa. God might call me to be in parts of areas and not you. But when he calls, would you be brought close? And would you be brought into a situation like this? Luke's gospel tells us that when they went with him, they were a stone's throw away, which means they weren't very far. They were able to to hear what was going on and think about this. As Jesus is going to this place where he is going to pour out his soul, these three individuals are invited to be a part of it. I have been invited a few times or asked to be a part of very intimate situations in a family's life, like at a funeral, where I am with just the family as they are going through their loss. I remember one funeral that I went to where the mom lost her baby and there was just this tiny little casket there. And it was just, there wasn't any people, it was just the family. And I was there with the family as the mom was just holding the casket and crying. And I was privileged to be in that situation. But it was difficult. It was hard but I was brought close and in those times you, you become close to the people because you're in an area of deep hurt. You're a part of their lives at, at their most vulnerable time. And you share a moment that not many people get to share with. That's usually just for those who are really, really close. And here Peter, James, and John are invited into a moment where God is pouring out his heart. Would you be brought close? And what's interesting about this moment is 
and Jesus inviting these three here. As if you go back to verse 27, go up a little bit. Jesus says, you will all fall away. Well, that's encouraging news. He tells them that they're all going to fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. you got to love Peter. Like, I'm not going to fall away. Yeah, I could see what you're saying about these guys. They might do it because, you know, they're a little bit shaky, but not me. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Jesus Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Man, is that getting slammed or what? In front of everyone. Peter, you're not even going to make it through the day. Now, I have no doubt that Peter was sincere. Peter meant it when he said this. I'm not going to do it. I'll die for you, he goes on and he says. But Peter insisted emphatically. I love that. (laughs) God, you don't know what you're talking about. He insisted emphatically and he says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. I love how it said, yeah, they all kind of chimed in. Yeah, 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 us too, us too. You know, they're all like, what's going on here? Peter's, I'll die. And don't, don't you ever wish you could just, oh, I wish I didn't say that. And how many of us have told God, God, I will never do that again. That sin, I will never do it again. I've had enough. I've learned my lesson. This is it. And the day just passes. Sometimes I haven't even made it a day. It seems like hours pass and you're like, oh, man, what's with me? And we're sincere. God, I will not do it. And God says, "Uh, you're not going to make it through the day. This is going to be ugly. You're sincere, but yeah. And you see, these are the people that Jesus invited to be close. Those who he already informed would deny him. Those who he knew would betray him. What's the difference between Peter and Judas? Judas betrayed the Lord. Peter denied him three times. And it seems almost that the difference is that Judas did not realize the mercy of God, that he could come back. And it's comforting to know that God invited close those he knew would betray him. That God still says, come here, I want to pour my heart out to you. Even though he knew they would betray him. And that's powerful. Would God call you close? And if he would, would you want to go into that situation? Because it's a difficult situation to be in. Where God would display his heart to us. Next question I want to ask is, can God trust you with his heart? As he goes on and prays, he goes a little further, he falls down, and and Luke's gospel says that he, he sweated as if it were drops of blood. It was such a deep passion and hurt that he felt. And 
He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Think about this, okay? This, this blows my mind. You're with Jesus. He's been healing people. He raised Lazarus and the widow's son from the dead. He walked on water. You saw all these things that he did. And he comes up to you and he says, my soul is troubled to the point of death. Would that freak you out? Because that would freak me out. It'd be, I, I think my whole inside would just like shake. Like, what do you know that I don't know? If you're troubled, how should I feel? Because I'm counting on you. And he comes up and he says, my soul is troubled to the point of death. Wow. And he's telling them. He's pouring his heart out to them. Yet they fell asleep. The most important time in his life, the most troubling time in his life, they fell asleep. It's amazing when we're connected to something, how it keeps our attention. Have you ever gone to a movie that you really didn't want to see with some friends, but they wanted to see it? You know... It's a chick flick, and you really wanted to see James Bond. And you go there, and pretty soon you're like, you just start dozing off. I remember one time we went to see Pokemon, the movie. (laughs) It still hurts. And our kids were just, oh, they got the cards, and they had to go see the movie. And I remember thinking, oh, just take me now. I mean, it was just like, this is awful. And I just was not into the movie at all. And I could do everything I could to just try and stay awake and stay alert. But when it's something I want to see, no problem. I've gone at midnight, one in the morning, and then the roles were reversed. My wife is like, oh, please, this is torture. You know, she's dying. I'm like, what do you mean, hon? This is great. Oh, you know, I'm into it. Well, you see, when you're connected to something, it revives you and, and you're a part of that. But you see, here in this moment, Peter, James, and John were not connected. They weren't in touch with what was going on. And, and when Jesus tells them, Verse 38, he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. What he's not saying is pray that you don't fall into temptation. What he's saying is pray that you don't fall into temptation. Do you see the difference? Probably not. Okay. what he's not saying is, oh, Lord, don't let me fall into temptation. Don't let me fall into temptation. Don't let me fall into temptation. What he's saying is be connected to what is happening. Pray, be involved with it so that you don't fall Away in that time. If you are connected to it, then you will be a part of it. If you are doing what I am doing, you will not then do what I would never do because you are connected to me. If you are following, you will not fall. But if they're not connected, they will fall. If they're not connected, 
they won't enjoy that time. And you see, they fell asleep in that time of need. God cares about things. Do we care about them? Do the things that burden God matter to us? That's why some of us are in Mexico. That's why we're trying to help the needs in these families' lives. That's why we give our faith away to others and talk about it. Because God is burdened. Does it burden us? This is the divinity of God crying out. This isn't just the humanity of God. See, no one cares more deeply than God. No one feels more deeply than God. No one loves more purely than God. No one feels pain more profoundly than God. No one understands betrayal greater than God. And he invites us to carry his burden with him. To carry his heart for people. There are 6.5 billion people on this earth. Many go to sleep every night with this overwhelming aching in their heart. God feels it. For each one. For each one. He is connected to that in eternity. Are we connected to it? There was an episode of Extreme Home Makeover. Man, that show gets you every now and then. And in this show, there was a young boy who had, I forget if it was leukemia or another cancer and he was very sick, and they were fixing the house up for the family who couldn't take care of him. And during the episode, they went to a hospital where there was a cancer ward for children. And, you know, you have these kids who are going through chemotherapy, and they're, they're bald because they've lost their hair, and they're in their hospital gowns, some of them. And they had... Mark Schultz play a song that he wrote called He's My Son. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that song. But he's playing this piano in this hospital ward while these parents are there with their kids, some of them who are dying. And the lyrics of the song go like this. I think I have it here. It says, I'm down on my knees again tonight. I'm hoping and praying my hoping this prayer will turn out right. See, there is a boy that needs your help. I've done all that I can do myself. His mother is tired. I'm sure you can understand. Each night as he sleeps, she goes in to hold his hand and she tries not to cry as the tears fill her eyes. Can you hear me? Am I getting through tonight? Can you see him? Can you make him feel all right? If you can hear me, let me take his place somehow. See, he's not just anyone. He's my son. And you see, God feels that way about everyone. 
And when Jesus is saying, Father, let this cup pass for me. If there's another way, let this take place another way. But if not, I will bear the burden for everyone. If need be, I will take the place for everyone. If that's what it takes, I will do it. This is the heart of God being displayed here in the garden. If there's no other way, let me bear the burden for everyone. For everyone. Will you be brought in? Will you share in God's heart? And last, will you let God down? Three times Jesus came and found them asleep because they weren't connected to his heart and the things that were happening. Pray and get connected with what I'm doing because if you're not connected what I'm doing, you're susceptible to do what I would never do. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. And here is the interesting thing is it ends here. He tells him, could you not pray with me for one hour? And in verse 39, once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. And when he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They didn't know what to say. Boy, that that speaks volumes. What could you say? And returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here come my betrayers. There comes a time where God invites you into a moment, but we don't like to think of this, but the moment doesn't last forever. It is closed. There is an hour that God will invite you in, and when the hour is up, it's over. They would never be invited into this situation again. It had this moment of time, and then it was done. And God invites us into moments, and if we miss that moment, we may never experience that moment again. We don't like to think of it that way. We want to think, oh, no, I'll get another chance. Oh, God will give me another chance. Well, sometimes the hour is up. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You see, you might feel as if God seems so near to me right now. It doesn't mean that he's always going to be near to you. You have to react in that moment. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. You have to make the step when that opportunity is there because the time will come when he will say, enough, the hour has come, now we're moving on to something else. The time has come. Did you act? Did you act when God put that opportunity, that moment before you? Or did you let him down? How many times have you failed to step into that moment? I I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to count. It haunts me. And it's true for all of us. Moments will come where there will be an opportunity where God pours out his heart or an opportunity that you can step into. Don't think that it's always going to be there. Because it's not. It's 
Just because He seems near doesn't mean He's always going to be there. The moment that you sense He's near, that's when you need to respond. And looking back on this moment, think how the disciples felt. Do you remember that time that Jesus, God, poured out His heart where He was overwhelmed to the point of death and we weren't there? Oh, if I could get that back. Oh, if I could have been there for you. That opportunity. And if God is moving upon your heart, even this morning, and you're sensing, God is speaking to me, He's near, then maybe this is the time that you need to take that step and, and embrace what is happening and say... God, I am going to commit my life to you. I am not going to let you go. I am going to hold on to you just as Mary did when you were risen from the dead. I am not going to let you go. I am going to embrace you. I want to be and stay near to you. I am going to commit my life to you. Maybe now is the time when God is moving on your heart to make that decision, to move into this moment. And not say, well, I'll do that later. There might not be a later This might be the opportunity that you need to make that decision. You know, God might be pushing on your heart. You need to get some things right. These things aren't right in your life. You need to make that deeper commitment and realization that the things that you do actually hurt me. That you want to know how I feel? Here is an example of how I feel. I cry for you. And you say, you know, God, I don't want to break your heart anymore. I need to make the change. But I'll I'll make those changes later. There might not be that later. This is the opportunity now. You need to move in this moment. And so the challenge is before us. As God has demonstrated His heart, His love for us, as He has opened His life to us, He's opened and poured it out so that we could see how much He really cares. What are we going to do? How are we going to live? Are we going to connect to God or are we going to fall into temptation because we're not really connected with the things He's connected to? May our hearts be overwhelmed with the burdens that burden God, that we would then take those as our own. Because His burden is easy and His yoke is light. It's not too much. He will be there with us to help us. But may we understand the heart of God this morning. Let's pray. God, I confess that I do not recognize how much the things I do really mean to you. That you care about how I'm living, just as I care about my children and how they're living. Lord, that you understand hurt and pain 
deeper than I will ever understand. And in spite of all my failures, you still invite me to be close. Lord, may we not lose this opportunity. May we step into this relationship, connect to you, draw near to you that you would draw near to us. May our hearts be open to you as you have opened your heart to us. Forgive me for taking this relationship with you so lightly. Not recognizing what it does to you as you love me so deeply. And Father, I pray for any who are here this morning who who have been drawn in to this place of recognition that you want their hearts, their lives. I pray, Lord, that at this time they would respond. That as you would invite them in, they would draw close to you. Father, that they would be willing to step into that moment, into your heart. God, that we wouldn't let you down. Lord, we do love you. We thank you for being patient, understanding with us. May we take this opportunity and allow you to work deeply in our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.